Bible, as far as I'm concerned, is found in 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. God remains faithful at all times. Can somebody help me? In our fears, in our struggles, our failures, our disappointments, our setbacks, our trials, uh, times where our faith uh, shudders sometimes and flutters. Amen. The Bible said God is always faithful. As I look back through the years, I thank God for that because there's been times I haven't been on point as much as I'd want to be. But God is always faithful. You know, fear is a demon spirit sent from hell to hinder our faith and to cause disobedience in our relationship with God. Fear is an attack upon the emotions. But God said, 2 Timothy 1, For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. So deep down inside of every believer, listen to me carefully, deep inside of every believer this morning is a spirit of power. Uh, that combats the spirit of fear when we want to step out, believe God, want to, want to make a decision to uh, live for God or whatever it might be. There's something in all of us called the spirit of powers from God uh, that, that helps us be faithful, make right decisions. In our text, we see this very active. How many know we're called to do the will of God this morning? We're not here just, I remember as a young man, I remember when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I swore, why am I even here? How many done that? Lay on your bed, you're looking at the sky, you're like, life has got to be bigger than me just getting up in the morning, eating breakfast, going through the day, and doing it all over the next day. Life has got to be bigger than that. Life's got to be more involved than that. And I remember my mind uh, thinking, I went to, uh, got my family, uh, somebody witnessed to me, brought me to church, and I began to find out God has a plan for my life. It is bigger than that. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. Uh, God gave us air to breathe. God gave us life so we can live for Him and uh, do something for Him in life. That's what we find in our text, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. The challenge is there for men to do the will of God. So read it with me here. We start at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and be of good courage. Uh, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do accordingly to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper in whatever you do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may exert to do according to all that's written in it. For then it will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I pray this morning, God, you'd help me. God, I have no confidence in this flesh. I have great confidence in your word, the power of your gospel. I pray, touch every heart. Make yourself real to every man, every woman here. God's your will real to us. I pray, challenge us to do your will. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to preach on the will of God this morning. The reason we can do the will of God is because God has commanded it. Verse 5 uh, Talking about the will of God. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So 
If you know the story there, Moses is going to die. He's going to uh, be taken to heaven. And Joshua is going to have the job now to get the people of God uh, across the Jordan into this new land called the Canaan's land, the promised land. Uh, uh, we call it the will of God. He's entering into the will of God. And God said, concerning the will of God, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So Joshua's job uh, is to get these people that are following him, three million of them, uh, uh, amen, get them across the Jordan, and they each have an uh, inherited piece of land. There's 12 tribes, the Bible says, uh, and each one of them have a piece of land that they're going to go to, and Joshua's job is to help them find the will of God. Help each tribe, each person to find that place of, of service to God, that place of, of destiny, so that's his job, and the Bible says that God's going to help him do this. Uh, this will not be without conflict. He says, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Moses' whole life, amen, was, uh, uh, was surrounded by conflict. Uh, we know uh, Moses stands before Pharaoh. You read Exodus. He stands before Pharaoh, uh, and he's speaking, let my people go. And you know the whole story, of this, the ten plagues that God brought upon Egypt to judge uh, Pharaoh and judge Egypt. And but. Uh, Moses' life is conflict. Uh, he's, he's standing against the demonic. He's standing against the opposition. He's commanding uh, God's people to go forward. We know Joshua was there for most of that. Joshua was there when uh, Moses parted the Red Sea, when they crossed the Jordan River, when Moses went to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Joshua was sitting on that mountain. Uh, uh, Joshua was there when Moses struck the rock. So, uh, Mo, or Joshua understood exactly what God said. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Uh, uh, in other words, in all the conflict, the difficulties, the struggles of life, uh, I'm going to be there. As I said in our opening uh, scripture, uh, when we're faithless, God is faithful. Joshua, you're going to have to worry about my faithfulness. I'm going to be there. And if you're a Christian, you've ever been through any difficulties and struggles, uh, we thank God for His faithfulness. Can you say amen? See, conflict does not mean uh, that I'm out of the will of God. Conflict may mean uh, that you're, uh, or conflict may show that you are exactly in the will of God. Uh, this is what Joshua, or God told Joshua, listen, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. So when you enter into conflict, don't think you're, you're out of the will of God. When there's a time of conflict and difficulty, uh, I'm going to begin to show myself faithful. I'm going to begin to move in miracles just like I did when Moses was here. What gives us hope in the midst of conflict is what Jesus said here, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What gives us great confidence to do the will of God, to get up every day and say, God, I'm going to live for you, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to continue, is that we know that God will never leave us, can you say amen, uh, nor does he ever forsake us, he's always there, always with us, uh, that we can do the will of God. In time of fear, struggle, difficulty, trial, we can always pray and God is there. As Moses and the children of Israel are in the will of God, uh, Exodus 15, verse 24, so when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah, and the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, uh, and the Lord showed him a tree, and when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweeter, the waters were healed. That's one example of God being there. Uh, amen. When we go through our struggles and difficulties, uh, 
We can pray God is there. So he's telling Moses, remember Mar, or he's telling Josh, remember Mar, remember these different times I was with Moses. Uh, you don't have to worry because I'm going to be with you. You know, in the New Testament, disciples are laboring in their ministry. And Jesus said this to him in Luke 10, 18. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So in the New Testament, disciples are laboring in a ministry. They're going, uh, they're doing something for God. And as they're doing it, God is with them. Uh, Jesus is with us. He said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So as you're doing the will of God uh, here on earth, as you and I are doing the will of God here on earth, God's fighting things in the heavens for you and I. Uh, things are falling. Things are breaking in the heavenly. Uh, amen. God's helping you and I. So as you read the entire book of Joshua, look, each tribe went in there an inherited place, uh, the land that they inherited. As they fought and continued, uh, they seen the enemy fall before them just as God said it would happen. Uh, so Joshua says, listen, I'm going to lead you to these places. You labor, you continue in that. God's going to help you. And so it is today. You know, we have a great work to accomplish as well. Just as Joshua did, disciples did, you and I have a great work. Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, like in Joshua's day, uh, we, have to, uh, we have something to do for God, and we can do it because God's commanded it. Uh, God's commanded you and I to be involved in his work, go make disciples, go witness and preach uh, to the world. And as we do that, God's involved with us. You know, we're just one of 2,600 churches in our fellowship around the world. Think about it. We're in a fellowship of 2,600 churches. We're just one of them uh, in a city and a nation, many others. Uh, God is with us. God's helping us as we move forth as we commit ourselves to the, the work. But it's not without conflict. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, At that time, great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the region of Judah, Samaria, except the apostles. Drop down to verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So in the midst of conflict, we see the promise. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So uh, I'm just giving you examples that we can do the will of God. Uh, we can get saved. We can live for God. We can serve Him. We can enter into the will of God. We can accomplish something for God in the earth. When God is with us, uh, we can expect great things. Look at verse 5 of Acts chapter 8. So then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed uh, and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. God's behind what we're doing. God said, I want you to go to evangelize the world. Uh, there's resistance against that persecution, but they did it anyway. Uh, and the results is they go into the cities like we're, we're in our city. Uh, uh, people are getting saved. Things, uh, people are getting healed. Good things are happening uh, because God is with us. 
He's with us. Uh, uh, scripture again. Uh, when we're when our faith is fluttering, God is always solid. Let's look secondly at the challenge here. Verse eight in our text says, "The book of this law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it." Listen, we need three services a week. We have a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday night service here. And the reason we do that is because we need the Word of God in us. This is what God's telling Joshua. Don't let this book, uh, the words of this book, depart me. Meditate on day and night. So we need the Word of God in us. Amen. We need to learn to love it, speak it, live it. Uh, how whatever you can do to get the Word in you, get it in you. Uh, amen. And we need the Word of God in us. Uh, the challenge today to every believer is do not turn to the right hand or to the left. This is what he tells Joshua. Listen, uh, as you uh, enter into the will of God, as you've got the word of God in you, the challenge is uh, that we stay the course. We're not going to turn to the left, turn to the right, but we're going to stay the course. You know, one of the problems that I see today with believers is they're turning from the will of God. Things that are... Uh, things are not getting accomplished, ministries are not developing uh, uh, or having the impact because people are turning away. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Our most important mission, let me say this first in life, is the will of God. The most important thing I can do, you can do in life, uh, is do the will of God. If you don't believe me, look into the mirror and see if you're getting older. Look into the mirror and see if you're getting older. I still remember when I was 20 years old, I had the muscles, had the good looks, had the darker hair. Now I look today in the mirror, I go, oh my goodness. It fell down, now it's all in my belly. Hair's turning gray. Uh, I'm getting older. And as I look back through the years, the greatest thing I've ever done, uh, when I was 20 years old, I made a decision, I'm going to live for God. I've committed myself to that. Uh, so for the past 35 years, me and wife have been committed to doing the will of God, and that's the greatest thing I've ever done in life. It doesn't matter what else I've done, whatever else you do, the greatest thing uh, that you can ever do in life is to fulfill the will of God. One day, life is going to be over. One day, we're going to stand before God. It's not going to matter if you as a pilot, if you as a uh, doorkeeper. Uh, what matters, did you do the will of God? So the greatest thing we can do... Uh, in this life is to do the will of God. Nothing trumps this. Nothing's more important than you and I fulfilling what God has for our lives. In our text here, the reason God's people were turning away, though, was because the enemies in the land, as they're dispersing themselves to the different <coughs> areas, inherited piece of land that they got, uh, the problem was that there were enemies in that land. And the, the Bible says, you read the book of Joshua yourself, as they're Going through this land, people begin to fear uh, because the enemies there, these enemies were battle-hardened. Uh, uh, they were trained warriors. They were valiant men uh, that said, we're not leaving this land. You're going to have to drive us off. So many of the people of God uh, feared that. So instead of uh, entering into this battle, pushing them away, they begin to turn to the right, turn to the left. Uh, they begin to forsake the will of God. But verse 9, God says to everybody, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for Lord your God uh, will be with you wherever you go. God said, I'm going to help you here. I know life looks scary sometimes, but listen, if you commit yourself to the will of God, uh, 
we have enemies as well uh, uh, today. They may not be, uh, uh, you know, valiant warriors, trained uh, fighters, but we have our own battles today. And God said, if you stay in the fight, uh, I'm going to help you here. Fulfilling the will of God takes courage. Three times in our text, uh, it says, be strong and be very courageous. Uh, so God understands that, listen, in life, we're going to face things. We're going to go through things. But God said, if you commit yourself to the will of God, uh, stay in the fight. I'm going to help you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to battle. And you're going to get some victories here. Today, God's people are facing a different type of enemy. Just kind of want to focus on for a moment. They're not valiant warriors. We're not facing that. We're not facing the battle for the battlefield with swords and bows uh, and clubs. Uh, but the battle we're facing today is the world's goods, riches, and pleasures. When when it was said in Joshua, "Don't turn to the left and right," uh, it was saying, "Don't run from these forces." I know they look scary, but today uh, we're not on that front anymore. The battle today that's taken more people out of the will of God than anything else that I've seen uh, is the world's goods, riches, and pleasures. Uh, uh, let me read Matthew 19. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But it says, The man came to Jesus and said, Good teacher, what good things can I do to enter eternal life? If you want to enter into life, Jesus said, Keep the commandments. He said to him, Which one? Jesus said, You shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal. Shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall and love your neighbors yourself. The young man said, All these I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said, If you want to be perfect, or if you want to fulfill the will of God, go sell what you have, give to the poor, you have treasures in heaven, and come follow me. And when the young man heard this, saying he went away sorrowful for his great possessions. How many times have I seen this? When the will of God requires total surrender, and that total surrender involves worldly riches, how many people have turned and walked away? Now, I'm not saying we have to give up our jobs. I'm not saying any of that. We need jobs. We need careers. We need to live life. Uh, what I'm saying, there's been two or three times in my life as a Christian, as a man of God, uh, where I've had to make a decision. Am I going to live for God, stay here, plant myself, live for God, or am I going to follow this career? I've had to make that decision. How are we going? Let me ask you this. How are you doing with the will of God in your life this morning? Let me ask you, have you made the will of God the most important thing to you? And I believe this is the dividing line right here. When we say the will of God is the most important thing to me, we make right decisions at critical moments. Let me ask you, do you have a hunger to know God, His Word, and do His will? We see this in Acts chapter 10. God answers uh, this man, verse 1, says, Then there was a certain man in, in Syria named Cornelius, a centurion, of what is called thy Titan regiment, a devout man, and one who feared God with all of his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius, and, he, uh, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter, for his lodging was Simon a tanner, 
whose house is by the sea, and he will tell you all that you must do. Let me give you some background here. So here's a man called Cornelius. He's not a, uh, a Jew there, but he's trying to find the mind of God. He's trying to find the will of God. He has a desire to know God. He has a desire to do the will of God. And when you have that, God comes in. Here's a man that has the desire. God, I want to do your will. God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to know you. And because of that, God orchestrates. Uh, an angel comes. Peter comes. Uh, we know then the story, verse 44, Peter goes, revival breaks out. Says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. So I believe uh, uh, if we're going to stay in the will of God, the challenge is, uh, is to love God, to be filled with the, the word of God, uh, and have, that, have a great desire for that, because if not, there's always a chance we're going to turn to right or to the left. Look thirdly at the reward here. God tells Joshua, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I believe that's every one of our goals here. You know, we don't enter into something hoping, oh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, maybe we get 20% there. No, we enter into win, don't we? If you enter into a race, you want to win the race. Uh, if you go through all the difficulty to train, to work out, to, to labor, to practice, you're going to want to win the race. And I believe the same ought to be true as a Christian. Uh, when we get into the will of God, we want to see the same work. We want to see the rewards. Uh, and that's what it's telling Joshua here. Uh, for it's going to make your way prosperous. You have good success. In other words, God has reward for those that will stay in the will of God. Matthew 16, 27 says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Every believer this morning has what it takes to finish the race strong. Every believer, has, if you're a Christian this morning, uh, every one of us have it in us to uh, finish the race strong. Jesus said these words in, in uh, 2 Peter 1, 4, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. If you're a Christian this morning, you have this divine nature in you. Uh, the Holy Spirit is there, amen. We commit ourselves to the will of God, fulfilling the will of God. Uh, uh, he's going to strengthen us and get us to the end strong. You know, being obedient to the will of God is a faith decision. It's a faith decision. Look at Genesis 12.1. So now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your, or from your family and from your father's house. To a land that I will show you, I will make, a, make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had called or had spoken to him. Now think about this here. God comes on the scene. Abraham and Sarah are there. Uh, no doubt they have a heart to do something for God. They, uh, they're wanting to please God. God speaks to Abraham, uh, challenges him. He has to use his faith here. God challenged him. Listen, if you uh, do what I say, uh, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless all the earth through you. But he has to make a decision here. Am I going to believe God? Am I going to step out and believe God by faith here? We know that he did. He's 75 years old. And him and Sarah make a decision. We're not too old to do something for God. 
to encourage you. Older folks can do something for God. 75 years old, uh, Abraham and Sarah become a figure in the Word of God that we all talk about even today. They, they said, we're going to do something for God. We're old, but we're going to do something for God in their old age. Uh, God says, I'm going to bless you. They were childless. They had no children at that time. Uh, and later God says, you know, I'm going to bless you with a child. 75 and 80 having a child. Most people say, nah, mm -mm. not even God can do that, right? And if it's not bad enough, another 20 years go by. She's 90, he's 100. And God said, remember, you're going to have a child. God, I'm 100. Wife's 90. God said, yeah, I know. And you know, then the story, they have Isaac. They have a son named Isaac. Uh, remember, the, the challenge was you believe me. They stepped out in faith, believe God. Uh, and because I'm a bless you, uh, they have a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son, Jacob. Uh, Jacob uh, has 12 uh, sons. They become the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's a nation today in the earth called Israel because Abraham and Sarah one day said, I'm going to use my faith and I'm going to obey the will of God. One simple act of faith uh, is a nation today. See, what can our act of faith produce today? Because like Joshua, like the people of Israel at that time, uh, God has a plan for our life. God has a destiny for everyone that's breathing here. If you're alive, God is birth you're birthed in this world. God's put destiny on your life. Uh, God's given you a future. But by faith, we enter into that. If you want your life and ministry to be blessed, you have to make a faith decision. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For it comes that God must believe that He is, and that His reward are those who diligently seek Him. When you make a faith decision for the will of God, that's pleasing to God, but the rewards fall on you. So we must believe that He is God, that He's rewarded. So when we make a faith decision, we're going to believe God, the rewards fall on you and I. Again, uh, Abraham and Sarah make a decision, I'm going to enter into the will of God, uh, that pleased God, but the reward was given to them, which was Isaac. Listen, you will only know this reward and blessing if you stay in the will of God. That's why I talk about people turning the side to the right and to the left. I wonder how many people left early. God had destiny. God had, uh, if they're called the priests, maybe God had a city, a nation, where they could have won several people to the Lord, uh, but they turned to the right and to the left. I wonder how many people at the end of their life are going to look back with some regret. Why didn't I stay with it? Joshua 24. He's at the end of his life here. The 12 tribes of Israel are there. Many years have went by. They've been in the new land. Joshua again is at the end of his life, and he preaches a short sermon to them. I want you to see the response. Remember, Joshua is called by God. Uh, Moses is God. I'm going to use you to take all these people, position them, uh, help them find the will of God for their life. Now we're talking many, many years. We're going by verse 14, Joshua 24. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. He's preaching this sermon. Fear the Lord. Serve Him with sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river. And in Egypt, serve the Lord. If seemed evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But the gods which are the, which your father served on the other side of the river, 
or the gods of the Amorites, or whose land we dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, These are the people who followed him all these years. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For, our, for the Lord our God is he who brought us, uh, brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us all in, in all the ways that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwell in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Look at the results here. No doubt Joshua is leaving with a smile on his face here. His decision to stay in the fight has now cemented convictions uh, in many others uh, that have filled the land, uh, and the land now has filled the testimony of God in the earth, uh, simply because Joshua said, I'm going to stay in the will of God, uh, I'm going to stay with it. Uh, we have no idea who our life is touching. Your life is touching other people. And listen, time will only tell, as Joshua is at the end of his life, preaches this sermon, as we're in my house, we're going to serve everybody else. We are too. We're serving God as well. Thousands, maybe millions of people here are in the will of God with semen and convictions, testimony and all there simply because he said, I'm going to do the will of God. I want to challenge you to stay in the fight. Make faith decisions for the will of God. And who knows, when we go out, we're going to have a smile on our face. Listen, when life is all said and done, would that be today or a hundred years from now? Life's all said and done. I believe every one of us wants to stand before God with a smile on our face, saying, I did exactly what you called me to do. I don't think there's any other greater joy in life than that when we stand before God and, and Jesus looks at us, great is your reward, come in uh, to the kingdom. Whatever's in heaven, we're going to enjoy. I challenge you this morning, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. There's always the temptation. Stay committed to the will of God, and I guarantee you God's going to have great things for you. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. <clears throat> we bow our heads. Give me a few more moments.